May peace be with you. If you stick around at the end, there's more information about our community and how to find us. And now, here's this week's Centering Scripture, followed by the sermon. Our scripture reading this morning is from portions of Matthew chapter 10. Then Jesus summoned his 12 disciples. These 12 Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Proclaim the good news. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Cure the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. You received without payment, give without payment. Take no gold or silver or copper in your belts, no bag for your journey, or two tunics or sandals or a staff, for laborers deserve their food. Whatever town or village you enter, find out who in it is worthy and stay there until you leave. As you enter the house, greet it. If it is not worthy, let your peace return to you. If anyone will not welcome you or listen to your words, Shake off the dust from your feet as you leave that house or town. All right, friends, there's a lot going on in the life of the church and in the life of the world these days. Not surprisingly, I will therefore be touching upon some rather hard and heavy subjects here in today's sermon. Nevertheless, I want to begin with what's probably going to feel like a ridiculous place to start, but if you stick with me, I promise it will eventually be relevant. That ridiculous topic, well, it's a topic that I've honestly never asked a single church about before, but that changes today. Because today, I want to ask you, the gathered body of St. Luke, for your best dating advice. (laughs) Not for me in this case. I remain a happily married man, Laura. But let's say for a hypothetical friend of mine who's looking to get back out there and find someone special. Broadly speaking, who here has some good, simple dating advice for this fictitious friend? Be open. Mm. Any others? Love yourself before you try to love others. I think I heard look for kindness. Listen. Mm. Good humor. Be kind. And as this friend of mine gets back out there and wants to maybe meet and impress others, should they try to change who they are? No. Who should they try to be? Themselves. Be yourself. Actually, I was not anticipating so broad and diverse of responses. That was fantastic. But I want to culminate a lot of that wisdom there of being open, of loving yourself, and then stepping outward to love others. 
being kind, and yes, ultimately, of being yourself. Because broadly speaking, these core truths about being well first, about being authentic to who we are, they represent some of the most applicable and wise relationship advice that we have come to trust and that we have come to share with others. Be yourself, be kind, be open. And if that other individual or individuals cannot appreciate you for who you authentically are, then it's probably not a very good fit, and it probably wouldn't work out anyway. Now, this is great advice not only because it's honest and effective, but because it can help us with that core fear of rejection that many of us carry around. We all want to be liked. We all want to be loved. In fact, it's such good advice that I'm personally surprised that Jesus didn't mention it here while sending his own disciples out into the world for the first time to share their special message. But then again, maybe Jesus did offer just this advice in his own way. You see, the disciples here are preparing to get back out there themselves. They're preparing to go forth into a wider world that knows little about Jesus. They are doing something new for the first time. They are putting themselves, their beliefs, and their passions out there to strangers. Can you recall the first time that you tried something new that felt deeply and personally important? Maybe your first time preaching or public speaking. Your first time telling someone that you loved them. Your first time speaking out against an injustice, even though it may ruffle the feathers around you. That type of feeling, that type of moment is, is where the disciples are. We don't hear a lot about them, whatever nervous energy they may be carrying. All we have is Jesus' clear charge and commission. And I'd like us all to listen closely to Jesus' message here, which I'm paraphrasing slightly into more modern language. Jesus says, Go forth into the world. Proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God. Cure, heal, and restore others. And do so without demanding anything in return. Stay where you are welcomed, share your peace with the world, and if others reject you, let your peace return onto you. And if you are unwelcomed, shake off the dust and continue moving forward. Find the next person and try again. Did you hear it there? In its own way, I think Jesus is saying to be yourself and to focus on what matters most and let what comes, come. There is an important piece of wisdom here for us all in Jesus' commissioning of the disciples. Notice how the calling is not to popularity or prosperity. The calling is to be faithful to the gospel, 
and to make a difference in the world, especially for those who are hurting. Even, as Jesus clearly states, when that difference means that some folks simply aren't going to like you or be interested in what you have to say. Be yourself. Stick to what matters most. And then shake the dust off when it doesn't work out. See, we are called to embrace the gospel of love and justice, compassion and peace. We are called to embrace that, yes, with and alongside others. But that doesn't mean that it'll be with everybody. Or that we will be universally liked. Or that we here, St. Luke, will grow into a megachurch 12 months from now. Some folks will resonate with that calling, with who we authentically are, with the gospel message that we carry with us. Others will not. And when that happens, we shake it off and we keep moving forward. Just like the disciples, we are not called to be universally loved or to grow at all costs. We are called to serve the gospel. And then to embrace whoever joins us in that work. And if we can keep our focus there on being true to who we are, on what matters most, then friends, the rest will take care of itself. It will be what it will be and we will be who we are called to be. Be yourself and focus on what matters most. Now, friends, I, I have planned to bring this sermon home by reflecting on what that might look like for us here in the coming months and years as we return to some familiar rituals and rhythms as people of faith but in a changed world, a world that is increasingly divided and a world that is seeing institutional church decline all around us. Much can be said about standing firm in our commitment to what matters most when we may be feeling outsized pressure to welcome new people or increase our revenue sources at all costs, no matter what. To state things briefly, if we want to attract wealth, we could consider preaching a version of the gospel that brings good news to the rich and powerful rather than good news to the poor and the downcast. Likewise, if we want to chase numbers, we could do everything that we can to make sure that folks are always feeling welcome and fully comfortable, never challenged or asked to be accountable to the hard, important issues that we are dealing with as a society. We could do those things. We could change who we are and remake ourselves in the image of the, the type of megachurch experience that so many people clearly enjoy. But in doing so, we would risk losing the very soul of this church, not to mention the very soul of the gospel. Jesus called his followers not to wealth, not to popularity, but to justice, to love, and to healing. 
And friends, our commitment to the gospel also calls us to take seriously the great pains and sorrows in the world around us. And it's for that reason that we cannot continue on this sermon and this service without talking about the violence and warfare that is unfolding with Russia's invasion of Ukraine. This is a grievous tragedy, a premeditated act of war that has already created another refugee crisis and that could easily enough end the post-Cold War era and escalate into a third world war. God, may it, may, may it not be so. Today, we lament the violence that we are seeing, the loss of life, the pain, the tragedy, and the destruction. We denounce this act of premeditated warfare. This is not the peace of God or of the gospel. And today, as we gather as a worship community that is seeking our own calling in the face of this grief, in the face of this tragedy that, quite honestly, is much bigger than our direct influence, we nonetheless ask the question of who are we and what are we called to do? And I will get to that very question, but first, in the spirit of this passage, I also want to recognize that amidst the grievous violence that we are seeing this week, there have also been clear examples of people who are embracing what matters most to them in the midst of extreme hardship. In the windows between the violence, we are seeing and hearing stories of families and communities in Ukraine sharing resources while sheltering together. We are seeing refugees welcomed in mass at the Polish border, not denounced as an evil caravan of people coming to take your things. And while I weep for the violence at hand, we are also seeing scores of Ukrainians staying and standing up for the democracy that they believe in because it is what matters most to them, to their families and to their future. And to be clear, some dust cannot be shaken off. Some sacrifices cannot be unmade and will bring more than simple rejection. This is heartbreaking and grievous stuff. And it's hard to know what to say or even what to do as a community half a world away. And it is in times of crises and tragedies such as these that, especially as a preacher, I like to slow down and ask myself, who am I? Who are we? Who are we called to be? It is in times like these that we do what we have always done. And I can break it down to three categories. We grieve and we pray. We think and we reflect. And then we act and we advocate. And so today, we grieve and we pray. We lament the violence that we see. We will be praying for all those who are hurt and suffering. We join our emotions, our hearts, our spiritual souls 
to the wounds that are at hand, which is to say we don't ignore them. We don't close ourselves off to the pain of others. That's not what Jesus did. That's not who we are called to be. And so we are sharing these hard words and truths today. Next, we think and reflect. And in some ways, perhaps uniquely here at St. Luke, we challenge ourselves to look in the mirror and consider the ways in which we may be complicit in some of the violence that we see unfolding around us. We recognize and name that often in the past it has been us, this country, that has been the violent aggressor towards other nations. We recognize that people experience violence and warfare throughout our world on a near-constant basis. And we aren't always so moved as many of us find ourselves moved this week. We also recognize that there are bigger pictures here that we are perhaps failing to address. There were sanctions that were not made in the weeks leading up to this violence because we wanted to protect the source of fossil fuels that so many of us have come to rely upon, that we have not made an honest enough effort to detach ourselves from. The climate crisis is not the only burden that is coming of our failure to own that work. It is emboldened and embrazened, this violent actor. Have we done all that we can? Has Europe done all that they can as well? to detach themselves from fossil fuels. If we had done more, would that violent actor feel so bold? Would the sanctions have been so light? Would so many lives now be lost? Here we think and reflect and we ask those uncomfortable, hard questions of ourselves. And finally, this day, we act and we advocate. We continue something that has been a long tradition here in this church. We will stand by, especially those who are hurting and suffering. We will support those who are made refugees from this crisis, as indeed we already are. As you heard last week, we are calling for folks to join their funds and their efforts to support the current Afghan refugee crisis, we are actively sending out funds to help rehome families who are coming over from Afghanistan. We are doing that now. And when Ukrainian refugees need additional support or perhaps come their way here to the U.S. and to Minnesota, we will do so again. We will share generously of our lives and our resource. We will make and advocate for space for others. And we will support those who are wounded and who are hurting. I wish that there was so much more that we could do to halt the violence. But what we can do is be true to ourselves, be true to our gospel mission. And so we grieve and we pray. We reflect on how we ourselves can change and how we can advocate for changes in the world around us. And then we stand resolute to our commitment to support those who are made refugees from the crises around us, be they the wars that we have gotten ourselves into or the wars that others have started. 
And if there are chances to support this particular crisis or to call and elect or to advocate with our elected leaders, rest assured, we will get the word out. We will journey together in this work. There are places around us that will not be talking about this here on Sunday morning because it's not a comfortable topic and because we'd rather look away from the pain, but that's not who we are. I thank God for that, and I thank the clear calling of Jesus, even though it's not always hard to do. I also think that there is a room full of people here together and many joining us virtually that believe in digging into that hard work together. When we do so, we can still make a difference. We can make our difference and set our own ripples of love and justice and healing forward. So may God help us with the courage and commitment to do so here this day and here in the coming years, whatever is waiting for us as a church community. Amen. As a church located on Lakota land in Minnetonka, Minnesota, St. Luke is a joyful, inclusive, intergenerational, and compassionate community on a spiritual journey seeking to do justice, make peace, and to walk humbly with God. We invite you to join us live for virtual worship each Sunday morning on Facebook or YouTube, or by following the worship links on our website, stluke.mn. Thanks for listening. May you go in peace.